Welcome to the Depollution Podcast from Salvage Wire. In this podcast, we interview interesting and inspiring leaders to discuss issues that are facing the vehicle salvage and vehicle recycling industries, along with other, other leaders who can challenge and inspire the whole industry. In this podcast, we welcome Adriana Lee, President and Chief Operating Officer of eComply and James Environmental Management. Adriana and her team are helping vehicle recyclers and dismantlers stay compliant with all current environmental legislation, as well as preparing them for future regulations and the impact this will have on their businesses. Let's get straight into my conversation with Adriana. Adriana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk to us today. As a bit of an introduction, can you give us a little bit about your career, who you've worked for, your roles, and then also about your current role, your business, your location, and so on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Andy. I appreciate it. Um, so I have been with James Environmental now for just over a year. And um, previously, I was working at a law firm. Um, I started out my career thinking that law was the way I wanted to go. Um, interning at the law firm, I quickly found out that law was just a little too boring for me. <laughs> I prefer to have, uh, you know, daily conversations with people <laughs> and having my nose stuck in a book just wasn't quite as fun. So I figured out pretty quick that I do like policy and I wanted to do something with regulation. Um, and so compliance was the way for me to balance out that love for the legal side, um, but still have the interaction with, uh, you know, all of our clients and customers. So I worked at a law firm for about 10 years. Uh, I started out, you know, just filing paperwork when I was in high school and worked my way up through um, all the way to, you know, uh, office manager and, you know, through paralegal, all of that stuff, all the way to office manager. And um, while I was, you know, going to school. So that was a big a big thing, you know, my undergrad was in environmental science and business and Spanish. Um, and then my master's was in environmental management and project management. So those kinds of things paralleled really well. And when I found James Environmental, I knew that this was the place for me. Um, it allowed me to do all of the compliance work that I dreamed of and having that environmental aspect, but making the difference um, on the on the private side, you know, you can, it's hard to change the world by yourself, right? But if you have the backing of people who are wanting to do the right thing and be compliant, make a difference, then that just makes what you want to do a lot easier. And here we were working with a great um, group of customers that Mike had been working with for 20 some odd years now. And they all are trying to do the right things, you know, be environmentally cautious without it, you know, hurting the bottom line, right? Um, but trying to make sure that they're doing the right thing. And that's that's what I wanted to see because that's where I felt like I could make the biggest difference and help them out truly in a business mindset and an environmental perspective. So, so what attracted you to the environmental industry? You know, um, it all started a long time ago with trying to get some extra credit on an assignment. Um, I, I'm quite the person to get every single point I can manage. And it, uh, you know, our, my physics professor was like, if y'all help out with our, our green club at school, you'll get extra points on this assignment. It's like, okay, sure, absolutely, let me go do that. 
And I thought it was just like a club that got together for recycling paper, you know, let's go pick up some trash or something. And little did I know that the, that the teacher who was leading the group was actually, you know, teaching about big issues and, you know, coming together and trying to solve a problem. Um, and it just, it clicked that that's something that I was passionate about. And I eventually became the president of that club and went on and, you know, I, I knew from day one exactly what I wanted to get my degree in and I stayed with that track and it's just been a love for the environment ever since. Amazing. Amazing. So eComply now. So can you outline eComply's role, purpose and, and the work that you complete with, with eComply and James Environmental? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that that has been made even more clear now that COVID has hit on its role in the industry. Um, eComply is the software that allows anyone to digitize their compliance and we mostly focus on environmental safety and transportation compliance. Um, but it, you know, it gives the user the ability to know what's happening, what's coming up, you know, their uh, schedule for everything. Um, it provides them their inspections. It really gives them the whole look into compliance. Uh, James Environmental previously took care of all of that. You know, we we saw you once a year and we did all the stuff behind the scenes. Um, and we still do that, but eComply allows it to be managed on the user end. Um, and I think that some people are really liking that, that they have the control to take care of it. So so that's a benefit, a major benefit to the sector that other people can't can't bring. Yeah. It, I would say that it's it's more customized than most programs that are out there, um, and it allows you to you know take care of all of your stuff on site without having this bulky book and paperwork. Um, and you know, in times like these when you can't really have people out sometimes on your <laughs> facility yard, it's it's super helpful because you can still maintain compliance. Brilliant. So. What are, what's the most difficult environmental standards that your customers are facing right now and, and how are you helping them to uh, to meet those standards? You know, there's there's quite a few. Um, I think that some of the some of the hardest things is that the regulators are, you know, in office and processing all of the paperwork and going through everything. So they have a little bit more time now that they're not in the field as much. And so they're really getting down to um, just, you know, making sure that every single thing is processed. I think that uh, sampling is one of the biggest things at the moment and, you know, making sure that all of the parameters aren't exceeding um, a lot of the TMDLs or total maximum daily loads for certain water bodies are being targeted like severely at the moment. Um, I know we have several facilities that um, are in the Chesapeake Bay watershed and that one is one of the most difficult areas to be in because of all of the action groups that are working to improve the water quality there. And so that has been a big, um, big task for all of us to make sure that we're all working together to get our customers taken care of. Amazing, amazing. Now you mentioned um, James Environmental and the audit that that they they can complete. 
Can you explain a bit more detail what that audit is and the aims of the objectives and the benefits that that that, that, that audit brings brings along? Yeah, absolutely. So um, most of the permits for um, the auto salvage industry and the scrap metal industry that we service require an annual inspection or an annual audit to be performed. And this is a pretty extensive audit. You know, it goes through all of the paperwork, making sure all of the permitting is correct and accurate. Um, and then it goes on to look at the facility and their processes. And so it looks at, you know, any potential environmental um impacts of you know where water could discharge where it could potentially run through uh the yard and lead to contaminants leaving the facility um so we go through making sure that every single piece of the facility is taken care of their you know their outside uh storage to make sure that nothing is impacting um, we have our main two field guys that pretty much everybody knows is Juan and Ken that go out there and have been doing this for 20 years, taking care of all of our customers to make sure that they're, that they know what they've got, you know, what changes they need to make, um, what best management practice practices that, uh, can be implemented to help them. And, you know, just making sure that we're keeping them as cost efficient as possible as well for our customer. So what sort of impact does that have? for the, the recycler that you're dealing with in their relationship with environmental inspectors, regulators, and, and people of that type? You know, um, it's hard to say that it's in favor of any one side or not. Um, I think that a lot of our customers are happy to, you know, do what they need to do to make sure that they're um, taking care of their stuff. And so providing those BMPs, is not too difficult usually. Um, and the regulators are happy to see when we're, you know, our customers are willingly taking care of it, um, doing the most that they can. And some of our customers go above and beyond to make sure that, you know, nothing is leaving, that they're taking care of um, any possible uh, pollutants that could be entering the system. Yeah, amazing. Now, we mentioned a few minutes ago, obviously we mentioned the current pandemic, but how's that impacted the the customers that, that you have uh, and the environmental aspect of vehicle recycling you know, you know it, 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 has that made a big difference to to the environmental side or or is it more business as usual it's it's more business as usual with environmental aspects you know the regulators being at home a little bit more has not been as fun but um you know our our customers are hard workers and they're keeping everything open. They're doing everything they can to keep, um, you know, their facilities clean and um, a good working environment for their employees as well. I know there's some extra measures coming in or um, for incoming vehicles and making sure that, you know, gloves are being used and everything is being sanitized and, you know, that there's no transfer there. Um, but as far as an environmental aspect, I don't think it's, impacted um, our customers too much. We've been working with a lot of them to make sure they're using their e-comply and able to still maintain their inspections and keep those pieces going. Um, it's, you know, the, despite some of the talks about the EPA relaxing regulations, that's not quite the truth. Um, and only very few states are actually regulated by the EPA. So, um, explaining that, you know, 
COVID is not a get out of jail free card <laughs> for not doing something has been fun, but all of our customers are pretty great at, you know, taking care of it. So. Brilliant. And I've been looking through the website, um, you know, ecomply.com and uh, one of one of my favorite sections is the toolbox talks. Uh, and I really, really enjoy reading some of those. And I suspect that many of those toolbox talks have been prompted by your customers having issues. Um, do you have a favorite story you can tell us about any of these issues that have then created a toolbox talk? Oh man, you know, we, so Mike and I both are part of the ISEC group with ISRI um, and they're, they're phenomenal about making sure that everybody in the industry knows, um, you know, the situations that have happened and how to prevent them, how to, you know, move on from there. And so we've had several meetings um, where, oh, that person definitely shouldn't have been standing behind that forklift. Maybe we should, you know, put something out about that or, oh, um, even just as simple as, you know, someone needing to drink plenty of water and they're not acclimated to the area. So it hasn't even been as much um, just our customers, like specifically, but general industry directions of, hey, this has been a problem. How do we get it out there to everyone to take care of it? So we've done a lot of um, uh, pieces based off of that. And uh, I think that the one of the funnier ones has just come out. It's about um, celebrating safely and the use of fireworks. Um, I know that we've <laughs> we've had a couple of uh, stories of um, some yards trying to make it fun for their employees on 4th of July or other fireworks related holidays, and it hasn't gone so well. So <laughs> making sure that you know everyone knows the pieces of operating fireworks and maintaining you know a good distance and you know don't light it so close to your face all of those pieces have led from other stories of um around the industry and so i think that that one's probably my favorite one that's about to come out um i think it was actually just posted uh, for the fourth of july for this week fantastic i oh, love it love it we will come back to our conversation with adriana in a moment Salvage Wire have been supporting the vehicle recycling and dismantling industries for years with their specially designed accredited training courses on the safe handling of electric and hybrid vehicles. These courses are now even more relevant to the industry as the volumes of these vehicles increases. So learn how to keep your team and your businesses safe by registering for one of our courses, many of which are now available online so you do not have to leave your office your study or your workshop to complete the training. For more details, contact SalvageWire through our website, www.salvagewire.com. Back to our conversation with Adriana. Now you've been leading, you know, you said earlier, leading a law firm as an office manager, now leading eCompliant and James Environmental. Talk us a little bit about your leadership journey, about, about how you learned to be a leader, how you learned to, to lead people. So I grew up around sports my whole life. Um, my dad was a professional athlete and my older brothers were professional athletes. And getting to that point um, in, in their career, it took them being able to lead their team and working so hard to attain their goal. Um, and I think that it's, so it all starts with hard work and getting there and then working as a team connecting your team so that you know exactly what piece works with what, you know, what employee works well with 
you know, what job description and, you know, how to gather all of that. So growing up, I had amazing role models for that. I grew up playing sports as well. And um, I, so I did cheerleading most of my life, which is a sport, although some might disagree, um, but it is, it's a pretty dangerous sport. And, you know, when you're holding someone's life in your hands up in the air, basically, or, you know, someone's holding you up in the air, you have to really have a lot of trust and timing and really know what's going on. So that, um, that led me all the way through college. I cheered all the way through college. And then I even coached cheerleading from, you know, 16 till I was 25. And, um, that understanding of pieces and how everything works together and leading by example and working, you know, up through all of the areas. And so, you know, what everyone's expected to do, I think has helped me become the leader that I am. Um, I started out at James Environmental as an intern and I've worked all the way up through and so I've done every piece of what everyone here does at uh, the company and you know starting with eComply we've started rebuilding our whole system as well so I've, I've you know gotten all the way back to the coding aspect of eComply and you know to the front end talking with the customers and seeing what they need and going through all of those pieces so I can then educate my employees on what they need to do and then working together to know strengths and weaknesses and bringing all of those pieces together to make a good fit and a strong team and I think we have the strongest team that we've had um, maybe ever um, and we we really connect and despite you know the COVID setbacks of everything we've been working so well together even online uh, just because we have that strong camaraderie and we know what everybody needs to do and take care of. Amazing. That's amazing. And and if somebody came into the business today, you know, looking to be a future leader, you know, what 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 advice would you give them? Ooh, um, well, you know, how I got into the spot that I'm in, I guess, is that on my interview, they asked me what I, you know, where I saw myself in five years. And I said, well, I want Mike's job. And they, they all kind of looked at me like, oh, she said it. And it's like, yep, absolutely. And so then we kind of moved from there. And so if someone were to tell me they want my job, well, A, I'd be a little thrown back, but B, <laughs> um, just letting them know that that hard work and knowing every bit of every piece of the company is going to be what they would need to do to move forward. Oh, that's fantastic. And is there anything the automotive recycling industry could do to make your job easier? What would that be? Um, I don't, I don't think that there's anything that they could do to make my job easier. Um, I don't want my job to be easier. I want it to be a challenge. <laughs> um, but I think making sure that they're aware of the environmental regulations and how it impacts their companies and participating in legislation a little bit more would be helpful to them. Um, knowing what is going to come, you know, if some changes are made, uh, the EPA just produced their, um, preliminary report on for their permit for auto salvage industry and it's 
it's pretty intense. You know, some of the requirements that they're wanting are really harsh. They're, it would be pretty costly to our customer. And we've, we've expressed that, and, but, you know, strength in numbers, it's only gonna come about if they're wanting the change as well. It can't just be from us. So if they're aware of the regulations and the impacts that it'll have on their companies, um, and heck their wallets, you know, it, they should, they should really want to participate with all of the legislation. And I think that that would be the most beneficial for them. And of course, you've got the problem as well in the states that legislation tends to be state by state by state. So, uh, so EPA starts it off right there, the main MSGP permit, and then each state tends to model theirs after that. So if they're, if the EPA's permit gets a little tougher then the states the individual states permits might even get more you know rigid about what they're requiring as well so it would set a standard that was pretty high um and could be pretty costly to our customers yeah and is there one thing that the u.s government could do differently that would have the biggest benefit to to life Ooh. um well you know making the regulation a little bit more centralized i think would be would be a lot easier um just because every state well most states are, have their own regulation so it's you know each each piece varies from customer to customer and it makes things pretty tricky and you have some really tough regulations say in california and then some really lax regulation on, I won't throw them under the bus, but they're on the east side of the US. And so it just having that, you know, if they really want to promote change and be beneficial to the environment, it would be on a nation scale, not just state by state. It's not going to be effective if it's, you know, individual like that. Amazing. Amazing. And how would listeners connect to eComply and find out more? What's the best best way of doing that? Well, we have uh, webinars um, every two weeks on Fridays that they can connect with and um, they can visit our website and reach out to us from there. Um, so that's www.ecomply.com. And they can also reach out to us on James Environmental and we can also explain anything that they have questions about as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. And one final question, and this is one we ask of everyone on the podcast. What was your first car? And do you have any special memories of that car? So my first car was actually a truck. Um, and my dad was insistent upon me getting a very large truck to be safe in because, you know, girls are girls sometimes. And so I had this giant Toyota Tundra that was all lifted and had the, you know, extra guard in the front and it was just extra safe, right? And it was a huge truck and I'm 5'2", so I had to jump out of the truck every time I needed to get out and get in was like a, let me hold on and jump in, you know, kind of thing. And so this one time I'm pulling up to the grocery store and I go to park and I ended up parking by a smart car. And so the person in the smart car is getting out and I'm getting ready to jump out of my truck, right? And so I open the door, I'm jumping out, and then this massive guy who's at least like six six, it starts getting out of the smart car. And we both kind of look at each other like, 
I think I should be in your car and I think you should probably have my truck. Like this just doesn't make any sense. And we just looked at each other and started laughing because clearly, you know, the two didn't belong, but it was a funny moment. And you know, that the truck was extra safe. I, it was, it was a good truck, but that was one of my funniest memories in that, that maybe I don't belong in this truck. Maybe I should get a smart car, <laughs> but it was fun. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, you know, as, as you know, my sister lives out in North Carolina. And uh, she's she's also five foot two, and she's got an F one one fifty pickup. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, and she had to have side steps put on it because she couldn't reach. Yeah. Yep, and that was the one thing my dad forgot. That was the one safety measure I think that he didn't realize is that I probably could have gotten hurt jumping out of the truck every time. But you know, we got that corrected eventually. So. <laughs> Brilliant, Brilliant. Uh, Adriana, that has been amazing, and the, you know, there's so much work that you're doing there um and so much happening around the environmental and the leadership and all the rest of it it's been really really eye-opening and uh, and you know listeners listening to the podcast i'd encourage you to get onto those webinars and onto the website have a read of the toolbox talks and uh, and, and, and learn from that adriana thank you very much thank you andy i appreciate you having me today pleasure Wow, that was amazing. A big thank you to Adriana for her time and her knowledge. You will find details of how to contact eComply and James Environmental in the show notes. Please don't forget to take the time to like and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and give us a rating. Depollution podcasts are released every Tuesday. <laughs>